Welcome to another episode of our series of podcasts on the British influence in the River Plate region. The focus of today's episode is what is known as the Argentine Belle Epoque, or the Argentine Miracle. That period of Argentine history that spanned the last decades of the 19th century and the first ones of the 20th. It's a time when Argentina's economic expansion was enviable, and the country ranked among the top 10 economies of the world in terms of GDP per capita. A historian who has analyzed this period of Argentina's economic history is Fernando Rochi. He has a PhD in history from the University of California at Santa Barbara and has been a professor of history at Universidad Torcuato y Tela in Buenos Aires since 2003. The thing is, Dr. Rochi has analyzed an often overlooked aspect of this period, Argentina's incipient industrialization. It's overlooked because it does not fit into what is known as the canonical version of Argentina's economic history. We sat down with him to talk about this topic, which happens to be the subject matter of his book titled Chimneys in the Desert, Industrialization in Argentina During the Export Boom Years, 1870-1930. We began by asking Dr. Rochi to explain what the canonical version of Argentina's economic history is. Well, uh, regarding industry, uh, the canonical version has said that there was no industry at all except for the meatpacking houses, some uh, floor milling industry uh, before the 1930 uh, depression. That was a period beginning in the, in the late 19th uh, century until the 1930 uh, depression that Argentina was a country that only produced good stuffs, raw material, but no, not industry at all because according to the canonical version to develop industry in Argentina it was necessary uh, for the state to encourage this uh, kind of uh, development. This version said that the state uh, did not apply public policies uh, towards the uh, development of, of industry until the 1930 depression forced uh, uh, the country with this uh, the economy closed, the international economy closed, uh, to, to develop this industry. Uh, so I think this is basically wrong. Then he went on to explain how this version has been challenged. Well, uh, first of all, the, the, I have to say that the, the researchers who first challenged this um, version were not economic historians, but social historians. Not directly, but in, the, in a way that, uh, for example, in the tragic week of 1919 in, in, in Buenos Aires, there was this huge strike and this... Uh, meetings, demonstrations, uh, social unrest and the, the following uh, repression. There were factories, for example, the main factory, that, by the way, was, was owned by the, by the British, uh, Bacena. Uh, that factory was metallurgic and had uh, almost 2,000 2, workers. So that means, of course, this industry. So without challenging the canonical version, they did. In a, in a parallel world. So I found, but I, I was I went to the facts, doing historical research and going to the archives. And you can see that there was an important industry uh, before the 1930 depression, to a large extent, because as as a result of the state support, whether by rising 
tariffs on imports or giving some credits. There was no uh, question that after the 1930 depression this, this uh, development uh, strengthened, but uh, it existed before the depression. It doesn't mean that Argentina was a fully industrialized country before the depression. It, it won't be even today, uh, later today. Um, but you have a kind of continuum of uh, industrial development um, basically since the incorporation of Argentina into the international uh, economy at the, uh, the end of the 19th century. It strengthened in the 1930 depression, strengthened in, with Peronism in the 1940s and so on. But by finding this, the existence of, of an industrial development uh, before this depression in the, in the so-called Belle Epoque era of Argentinian economy uh, is interesting because we, we can see the, we can analyze uh, with a different length the, um, the nature of the state. It was an open economy but the state did intervene in the, in the economy. And secondly, uh, we find out two activities that were seen as completely in an opposite way, such as uh, agriculture and industry, they, they work together uh, quite well. Seeing that Argentina was a relatively important market for British manufactured goods, we asked Dr. Rochi how the British reacted to Argentina developing its own industry. First of all, the, the Argentinian market was important. It was not India, but was important. And especially uh, at the beginning of the 20th century, there was a commercial war with Germany and with the United States for the Argentinian market. But still, the, the British will, will keep until the, the First World War. It will change in the 1920s when the, the United States replaced the UK. In some, it was not exactly that they replaced, because in the 1920s, Argentina was uh, demanding a lot of new uh, industrial goods, cars, material for uh, movies, and, and, and that's, well, the UK, they were producing cars that were very expensive, uh, not as cheap as the Ford and, and Chevrolet produced by the Americans. So in the 1920s, the situation changed, but it, w it would reverse again after the 1930 depression with the, the, the commercial agreements uh, with, uh, with the UK. Again, the canonical version said that one of the reasons why Argentina did not industrialize before the 1930 depression was because uh, of the British uh, pressure, uh, that in some way the, the British government hindered the, the development of the local industry. Well, I found that it was a very complicated uh, story because there was industrial development. So, uh, in this, first of all, in this industrial development, the British actually had uh, an important uh, part, like having some factories, for example, I mentioned this metallurgical factory of um, Lacena, then there's the other of, of Alpargata, which is this kind of sandal, local sandal. There was, for example, a firm called Ashworth, they were producing uh, clothes in, in Argentina. I found out, for example, at the, at the Foreign Office Archives in Kew Gardens in London, there was, for example, some pressure at some time at the beginning of the 20th century because uh, some, um, for example, Argentina was not producing cotton textiles. 
so there was no problem with Lancashire, but Argentina did produce woolen textiles, so there was there were problems with Yorkshire, and uh, there were some people of uh, representing the industrials in Yorkshire saying, well, uh, you have to pressure to the British government, the, the Argentine uh, government, to stop with this tariffs on woolen textiles, and uh, there were some others saying, well, we have, there are some British interest in the woolen textile in Argentina. For example, Ashworth, they are producing. So the British always, and especially at that time, they were very pragmatic. Uh, and some, the conclusion was, well, if there is uh, some industrial development in Argentina, we will not stop selling uh, goods to Argentina. We can sell, for example, machinery. Uh, for example, Argentina was producing uh, biscuits that traditionally were imported from Britain. They were produced locally, basically, but but the end of the 19th century. Uh, well, there was a new market for, for uh, the British industry, which is uh, biscuit mach machinery. The British uh, biscuit machinery industry was extremely competitive. So, was, okay, we are not selling biscuits, we are going to sell machinery for biscuits. So there, 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 was a, there was some way to fit into the, the new scenario that, that, that this industrial development, again, is, is, is really a, a, an early development, yeah. it's not very full-fledged industry, but the British interest could fit into the, the new economic history of Argentina. Another topic Dr. Rogi tackles in his book is the development of Argentina's incipient consumer society at the beginning of the 20th century. This is what he had to say about the British influence vis-à-vis -vis the American influence in this respect. Well, uh, regarding uh, advertising, uh, the American influence was definitely at the top uh, of, of uh, the interest of, of local agencies, but that's a development of the 1920s, and in 1929, the J. Walter Thompson opens a, a branch in Buenos Aires. But uh, regarding the department source, the British influence was definitely the most influential. The, the American was not important at all. There was some French influence. The, the first department store in Argentina uh, open in uh, 1889, it's, it's called uh, Bon which is a, a branch of the, of the French magasin, of the mm -hmm. department stores. You have the 1890 economic crisis, so this, this uh, local firm went to bankruptcy, there was no department store, and when the department stores really uh, began to open in Buenos Aires and then in some other secondary cities, which is 1900, uh, the British influence was, was extremely important. First, it was a model. The main, actually, Argentinian department store, Gatti Chavez, they had the British model, uh, basically Harrods. But that was a very important Argentine uh, department store, with the British model. But then in 1913, we have a very important uh, event in the history of department store here in Latin America, which is Harrods, that is not a company that opened uh, branches uh, elsewhere. They opened a branch in Buenos Aires, which is smaller. You see the building is smaller than the one in London, but 
it's incredible. They open and they have a very modern strategy, for example, fixed prices. Prices used to be bargained in Argentina. They say, well, this is a kind of a Middle East way. And uh, don't, don't uh, bother the, the customer, which is also considered like the old way of uh, uh, purchasing or marketing. And uh, well, Harris was, was extremely important and was so important that the Harris bought the Gatti Chavez, the Argentinian company, and they merged. Uh, and they specialized Harris mainly for better quality items, and Gatti Chavez was for cheaper items. But it was basically, it was, it was, no, it was the same uh, firm, it was a British firm. So it was definitely in the department source of British influence was the most important. So that's it for this episode on the British influence in the River Plate region. Be sure to check in for more episodes in the coming weeks and thanks for joining us.